Uh, listen, are we waiting until after credits or we know there's not a credit scene? I mean, I don't want to fight these people. Hey, boys. I know it's late. I know it's late at night. It is. Roman, look at me. I know it's late. What are you thinking, boy? I would be honored if the two of you boys would go downtown with me and record a podcast about this movie. <laughs> Let's do it. Like All a right. real like a real quick boy. Let's do it. Yeah. Alright, good, because I'm recording this moment and it's gonna make a great intro. <laughs> you can't see me crying on that podcast. No, I'm not. You can't see anybody crying on this podcast. perfectly acceptable uh sorry we missed episode 127 we get it we're giving you two smaller ones this week this is episode 27 dot end oh dot end man every time we've done one of these intros which is two now you've done a 127 dot letter thing and i've used it because it's very good yeah call me call me mr marvel i will not do that because it's not a very good name call me captain marvel okay (laughs) <laughs> Fuck you. We got business to do, which is that it is now um, it's 12.45 a.m. on, um, I guess, technically now Friday, April 26th, which 26th. means that uh, we just saw Avengers Endgame. We caught a 9 o'clock showing of that. It's a three-hour movie. It got out about 12.15. We headed down to the comic shop to record a podcast. It's me. Uh, Jeff Figley, Chaboy, always on the horn, checking you out, making sure we're still buddies. Who are you, boys? I'm Roman Statler, uh, Chother Boy. Chother Boy, I like that. I'm the fart. (laughs) (laughs) Get him, get get the fart out of here. So, um, we just saw Avengers Endgame. So, just like spoilers, 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 everything spoilers. If you're listening to this without having seen that movie, shame on you. Yeah, stop. Stop. Because we're not, this is just for us. It's not going away. The other other half of everybody else dies. Um, And it's just Thanos at the end. He's pronounced, and he he looks at the camera and he says, it's pronounced Tannis. And then (laughs) cut to black. You could have lived. But I I do want to, like, so we, we did a little bit of bad boying. A couple of very big comic book fans. Uh, we did a little bad boy, and we snuck a little bit of big boy juice in there. It was a lot of very big boy juice. And then we p- took the clearest. Fortunately, there was like uh, public transportation down to the comic shop a couple minutes after the the screen that we got out of. I- immediately after the movie, it was uh, clearly decided that we needed to be doing a, just a little bit of afterthought about that movie. An end thought. An end thought. It made me feel real good uh, just about a lot of shit. So I guess, how do we start even talking about this movie? On two mics, three boys, short two oh, chords. Oh, like, the you equipment's know, before lacking. we talk about the movie, well, yeah. one of the things, I was so impressed with how much people love these movies. I, I mean, there are people too. around us weeping, crying, yeah. I mean, audibly a guy trying to sniffle and stuff and not draw attention to and himself. And I was crying for sure,sies. I was crying. People are so yeah. into it. It's so awesome. Dude, I, yeah, I don't know the beginning of this whole conversation because I have a lot of thoughts for the middle and end of it. Well, uh, all right. 
let's assume that everybody who's listening has watched it. Yeah, let's assume that. Let's just brain dump. We don't need to recap. We can just talk about our favorite parts, our saddest parts, our our funniest parts. I have three big thoughts. Okay. Can I throw one out? What's like the middle one? Well, so a thought that really occurred to me at the beginning of this movie was, and I really like when a, 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 a piece of fiction makes me feel this way, but what it made me get was really meta, and it just made me realize that I was sitting next to Django, and... Uh, was this before or after I put my finger through the popcorn and made you think it was my dick? <laughs> I never thought it was your dick. I thought it was a very good goof. Um, you knew. You knew it was my dick. <laughs> With knuckles. Yeah, um, splits into two. But what it made me realize, and that I really appreciate, is there are a lot of different types of people in the world, and there's a lot of different types of entertainment and fiction and media. But there are people who look at art for entertainment, and there are people who look at art as a way to be, I don't know, challenging themselves or working on themselves. And I think that this movie, as well as, as a good handful of the other Marvel movies, have really done a good job. But I think this one really did a good job of of striking that balance where I think a good number of people in that movie theater are, are wanting to be entertained. And they entertain people. But when you can also strike a chord about a conversation about loss or a conversation about what relationships mean or a conversation about what growth is and how people change over 10 years because... Or family. Family. The beginning and the middle of this movie were very much, especially the end, were meta statements about like 10 years of being a hero in this universe. But to me, it was... 10 years of living in a world where we finally got comic book movies. And we got little bits. We got X-Men in 2000. You know, we got, like, old ones back in the day. But when Iron Man 1 started, like, a big thing happened. And this conversation about people being like, can you fucking believe that we saw Iron Man in his old gray outfit on screen? And every movie that And we all out, believed it? Yeah. And and every movie that has come out has had something like that. Has had this thing of like, you know, like Civil War or something. It was like, can you believe that we saw a celestial on a computer screen beating up an Earth? Like, like, yeah. In the fiction of the universe, we're living in a world with superheroes. But in the fiction of our reality, we're living in a world where we get to see this stuff. And yeah. I really liked the way that that conversation was not necessarily directly had, but they honored that because I guess this is my third point, but it is that, yeah, I like cried thinking about when he, like Tony Stark ends the thing saying something about like just 10 years. And it made me think about like, man, I remember seeing Iron Man 1. I was 2008. I was graduating from high school. And in the 10 years that these movies have been coming out, I saw that movie and felt powerful I fell in love with reading comic books. I got a job at a comic shop because Roman hired me. Fucking inherited a comic shop with Django. And now we, like, sell comics. And it was just this really... It made me feel a little bit like Comics Pro felt, where it just really dignified my own personal experience, which is this really... It's it's a thing that you, when you go back to your 10-year reunion, which I didn't do, you Nobody have the did. opportunity to say, like, what are you doing? And you're like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And I think that to be like, well, I co-own a comic shop is like, oh, okay. No, you don't get it. Yeah. I fucking co-own a but comic like, shop. But then when you hear this movie and people are crying and you have the impact of just 10 years of film, um, 
it it dignified the this my life to me. Yeah. Like it 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 made me realize that what I do is important and and that believing in believing in stories is a really important thing. There and were it makes it makes people good. That that whole theater was full of people who were excited to see this particular movie, which was like the culmination of was it ten years, three hundred movies that they did before three hundred or like twenty two. So whatever it was, it's a culmination of a million movies that came <laughs> from Marvel with this storyline, and. There were people like everybody was cheering in unison oh, and man. crying and, in unison and by like, the end. I haven't actually cheered like when like spoilers. Spider Man shows up. I was like, it's my boy. Like, yeah. I was like, Ashton's here. Like, it, it, there was a an enormous release of catharsis like several times on that movie. And when Spider Man jumped on that Pegasus with Valkyrie, thirteen legs. I said, yeah. <laughs> and that's. I don't do that unless no, it's a I've Hobbs and a Shaw trailer. Him, yeah. <laughs> like, um, but so so we had a theater jammed full of people participating in that movie and enjoying that movie, and the entire movie theater, not just our auditorium, but the entire theater is full of people doing that same thing tonight. Mm-hmm. All like from five p.m. across the country. Yeah, yeah, like. In on this thing that we love. Mm-hmm. That's pretty special. It That's was, pretty special. I Like, you can't keep me watching a TV show for five episodes. No. And I'm 22 episodes into this TV show. Well, I am 20. And everyone, turns out Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp are pretty important. Fucking important. <laughs> that, so, I held it together pretty well through the death of Tony Stark. Yeah, spoilers. And then... TMTM. TM. And then, like, they, they, they just started showing, kind of wrapping up individual storylines, one group at a time. And when they got to the Ant-Man one, like, that was where I lost my shit. Just, like, Ant-Man and his wife and his daughter. Yeah. And then they showed us Hawkeye and his family. And, like, it was curtains for me. I don't remember even what happened after that. I, I think Tony Stark started using heroin again. I can't remember... What got me, but I just remember the the face that I was making was just that like, yeah, you got it. Like it was just that feeling of like, like Popeye mouth. You did it, like mouth to the side. Roman, what what were your feelings? I mean, um, you've been in this game longer than fucking <laughs> anyone I've ever met. Are you ever surprised at this point? Do, what does it um, mean to you? I was I was surprised. Well, I was surprised that Valkyrie showed up on Aragorn, the, her winged. Winged horse, uh-huh. um, because sure. I don't remember Aragorn being in the Thor movie where that's she exactly what I it. thought too. Is it's Aragorn, yeah. Aragorn. <laughs> Lord of the Rings? Um, oh, that's right, there's an Lord of the Rings character named that. I'm sure the horse it's is a named pretty after... big character in Lord of the Rings. Aragorn yeah, is right. a dragon book for young, young boys, readers. Young girls. <laughs> where did it all where did it hit for you? Like, were there big beats for you? Oh, there, oh, yeah, because I was waiting for it, I didn't know if it happened in this movie, but I was trying to remember, did Cap ever pick up Thor's hammer? Oh, my fuck, and, God. Yes. and then, right, like five minutes after I thought that, he does it, and as, as the hammer starts to rise, I was like, there it is. And then it went on for so long, it was so good the way you, they did it. Every time <laughs> he had that hammer, like, I was, I even felt. Just a little bit embarrassed next to Justin about how, like, into it I was. Like, yes, fuck yes. Yeah, yeah. the way he's using it in conjunction with his shield, bouncing them off each other. So, oh, a moment so that good. I just want to bring up is, and again, I think that... It was my finger. 
I he was your <laughs> I don't I don't I haven't followed I couldn't diagram these Marvel movies like the plot of them. Oh, I yeah. think this, there's lots of people that could. Oh, I this one was rad. a hot mess. Time travel plot that, wise, it was that. awesome. What was awesome was that at one point, like Loki gets the cosmic cube from the end of the first. So like. <clears throat> some of the best time travel stuff I've seen in a long time. Yep. I think like back to back to the future, well done time future Which stuff. you were peeing, but they said that the time travel rules were not back to the future. And it just in terms of like how well conceptualized time travel was, it reminded me of back to the future. Um, but when Loki from Avengers 1 gets the cosmic cube and disappears. Fuck y'all! And then... A minute and a half later, Captain America goes downstairs and runs into Hydra Captain America. Oh, God, that was so they, rad. Like, I just turned to Jamie and I was like, did they just, like, in a minute and a half make Secret Empire canon? And oh, see, I thought that was just his past self or future self or whatever. I know it was. It was, but, like, he said, Hail Hydra in the elevator. Well, yeah, that was just to trick him to get the briefcase. Yeah, but he said, he said Hail Hydra, and then he, and then he got it. Which was the line, and it happened in an elevator, I believe, in the comic. No, it happened in a helicopter, but, it, it, uh, like, same syllables. They were looking out of the sky. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then he the fought himself. That, the way that I interpreted <laughs> it was that, okay, so maybe I interpreted it wrong for sure, but the way I interpreted it was, like, Loki grabbed this cube, disappeared, and then time got rewritten. Because we now had a free radical in the time stream, and because of that, something happened that made Cap a Hydra agent like Secret Empire, and so that Cap then fought our Cap, which maybe is wrong. Oh, buddy, that's wrong. Yeah, okay, that's fine, yeah, too. I like that I, extra layer to it, I, though. I, I like yours. But but <clears throat> either way, Secret Empire was I, when Cap picked up Thor's hammer. Oh, oh I dropped out way before that. Because Secret Empire, there's that one amazing end oh, where... Oh, yeah, but he's done that way, way sure, before Secret Empire. Sure, That it is amazing writing that they can they can invoke different storylines for people of different ages because they invoked that for you. For me, it invoked, like, when Steve Rogers was the captain, I think, was when he first, in his own series in, like, the late 80s, when he first picked up the hammer, and I forget what was going on, but he picked it up because Thor was down and Cap was like, oh, what can I do, and... I think he had lost his shield and he tried to grip the hammer out of desperation and found out he could lift it. Lost his memory that he couldn't lift it. When when the nine women scene came up, like I got this weird, really conflicted rush of emotions that I was worried about conveying on here, but I do want to attempt to. Um, I thought, okay, I would have loved for Galactus to show up. You know, like I would love. So all of these movies have been playing within the sphere of what comic stories have done. Who's the most powerful? What could beat this? Galactus could beat this. Or what's bigger? Celestials could beat this. And what they did was they had Captain Marvel show up and destroy the fuck out of this stuff. And my immediate response was like, "Mm, okay, like I would love for it to be a bigger thing within the game, within the rules that these comics that have already existed have established. And what they did was say, yeah, I understand that's the game, but I think what the world needs right now is for us to not play within the rules of this game. Yeah. And they did that. Uh, and they made this amazing sequence of all these women just tear the shit out of stuff. And and while the comic book person in me was like, well, could Captain Marvel do that? I was like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, what's This Captain more Marvel can yeah, do that. exactly. What's more important right now is that I think that comic books when fucking Jack Kirby and Stanley were making them were these stories that were being written to inspire and challenge and make people better. And now we're writing those stories out for entertainment, and that's very good. But 
if this movie can strike up that original spirit of channeling an idea that the world needs right now to make the world better. Yeah, that's the place I got to was just that this movie was able to use these characters and do a thing and put it in a larger sandbox and and do what ultimately comics did 50 or 75 years ago, which is inspire what I think is the next step in sort of human evolution, which is the actual like social balance between men and women, which isn't present. And that was one of the things that made me cry. The The thing that I liked about that scene, I didn't go nearly as deep as you did. I was there. just, I was just there it. for the punches. But what I, what I really liked about that is they did it slow enough that you could hear the audience start to realize that they were just going to show every single woman in the Marvel Cinematic Universe like a big panning shot. And you're like, oh, cool. There's Captain Marvel. And oh, there's, wait, there's oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh, holy shit. Oh, they're going to do oh, this. this, is what this is. And yeah. like like the audience swell at that point. Yeah. And, and it wasn't – it wasn't like all girls cheering. It was no. the, the entire audience was like, oh, fuck yeah, they're going to kick ass. That was rad. And that, that, that was yeah. really cool. And, and, and a nod also to the, and they'll never use this name, thank God, because it's so 70s, but the Lady Liberators, who was a team formed in one issue of the Avengers by Valkyrie and Scarlet Witch and the original Wasp because the Avengers were taken out and they had to come in and, and kick butt. Dang, I wish I could watch this through Roman's brain. <laughs> right. And I just have to make up my own sort of shit for it all. But, yeah, I, just, I, I love that scene because I guess my immediate response was if we're playing in the sandbox of comics, there's no sing- – like Captain Marvel, there's no singular character that can now step up and beat this. Right. It needed a, a yeah. sort of a Deus Ex Machina, like a Galactus or a Silver Server or something or larger. Marvel. Him. It needed, yeah. yeah. But Captain Marvel, within that story paradigm, wasn't I don't think prepared to do that. Mm. Well, she destroys Thanos' ship out of nowhere. Well, right. I mean, because I expected the FF books. to show up at that point. Well, right. That's what cloud. I mean. Is like within comic books or historical comic book, like Captain Marvel is unfortunately a B-list character. Yeah. And, Best. So and like, so was Iron Man, though. Right. But so within that comic storyline, a B-list character isn't going to come and save the day. And I loved that the cinematic universe just decided, like, yeah, we could do – We, in my head, I was thinking we need something outside the sandbox. Like, and, yes, here are the toys. We need something outside of it to fix it. And what, in the original, it was Adam Warlock. Right. Yeah. Right. And what they decided to do was say, like, yeah, if we want to play by the old rules, we need the Fantastic Four. Or we need mm-hmm. – you know. But also, it's 2019. Maybe we don't need to be playing by the old rules anymore. Maybe what we need is to redefine the rules. That one pan, I think, was as impactful as Wonder Woman. Yeah. I think. Or I mean, more. Yeah, I think it was. That was a big middle finger to the, the like all the chuds who worship old school canon where Thor's a man and Captain America is white and like, fuck you guys. This is the thing. And we've all been in the game for a number of years. So we saw all of that shit happen for the last couple of years. We saw the people that get got mad about, Mm -hmm. you know, Sam becoming Captain America. We saw all of that shit happen. And I love that the movies basically just said like, we get it. That made some people mad. Evolution is necessary. Yeah. Roman, where did you sit on that? Patted him on the head. Oh, well, I love that scene. I mean, the only thing I 
a part of me wishes, I mean, they can do this later, but a part of me wishes there was like a, just one little tiny nod of like Jane Foster approaching I wish the hammer was a or something. More Jane, yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of expected at the end maybe them to do something a little different and have both Bucky and Sam kind of look at each other like, Let's both do this. We could do this together. <laughs> yeah. I wish they would kill Bucky. He's just too pretty for me to believe that he can fight. He's got that robot arm, though. Yeah. yeah. And he's not, but, he's, but and he's like not that, super pretty. I mean, he's rough pretty. He's you know, like rough that, pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with yeah. Like that Grecian formula uh, nine-day stubble. <laughs> Fuck you. Go die. You know, I really like the scene, the final scene between Hawkeye and um, – and, uh, uh, I want to say Wanda. No, Black Widow. Except for the fact that, I, man, boy, just Jeremy Renner just doesn't do it for me. He never convinces me of whatever he's trying to convince me of. I really like that guy. I yeah. like Jeremy Renner a lot, actually. <laughs> uh, I was really surprised I, that, that she died or she stayed there instead of him. Because I, I, I always think of him as like like the C-lister of the Avengers well, movies. Well, see, <laughs> to me, as soon as you said, like, well, she can't die, like – I was like, actually, I think she has to die because of these two characters. What I think that this moment in time needs to establish is that the females are the big heroes. And if Mm. she dies, or if she doesn't die and he dies, then she's the ancillary character. Then he's the one who sacrificed and she just got it happened to. Whereas if she dies, she's the hero and then Hawkeye is actually powerless. I'll I'll give you that 100%, but... I don't think that they can realistically bring her back for a movie unless it's a prequel at this point. I agree. Which, that's a big bummer because she deserves her own movie. And that Captain America Winter Soldier is as close as we've gotten. Yeah. And I've never stayed awake through that movie and I've tried three times. Mm, You should try the Ant-Mans. Family fun, buddy. I have tried the first one (laughs) twice and fallen asleep twice. I like the second one a lot. So here's here's the thing that kind of surprised me about the movie is that I watch most of these movies like once, maybe twice. I just don't have enough time in my day. I got a lot of comics to read every week. I don't know if you guys know I that. I love comics. Roman loves comics. I do. But I don't get to watch these movies over and over and over. And I didn't freshen up on any of them before we no, went to see either. this. I wanted to. But... Yeah. And I can just imagine somebody trying to jump into this movie <laughs> and seeing all these scenes. Because like, they did all this time travel and they went back to scenes that we've already experienced, Right. Right. So, like, we, we went back to all these scenes that we've we've already experienced in the other movies. And, like, watching that opening scene from Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. where Peter Quill's, like, kicking dancing around. and singing and kicking, kicking the aliens and singing it to them like they're mics. I just wonder, like, does this movie stand on its own at all? No. Like, could you watch this and uh, Infinity War yeah. and, and be okay? No. And I don't think it does. And I think that that's, again, where my brain consistently goes to things as the meta. But to me, this was a bunch of people, like, having a toast and saying goodbye. Yeah. It, this this lo- this was, like, accepting the award for what you've done that you didn't realize you were going to do. Like, that right. iron, like, the fact that the sign-off to this scene was, you know, this whole movie was Tony Stark saying, I am Iron Man, and then Mm -hmm. snapping. That's how he ended Iron Man 1, and that's the movie that started the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Even Um, though his last word was, hey. Is that what it was? I I think so. Pepper Pepper was like, Tony, Tony, look at me. And he's like, 
hey. And then he died. Okay. See, I'd forgotten that. I was wondering why he said, I am Iron Man, is, is his final words in this. And was, to that, was that, those are the final words of the first Iron Man movie, which is what started Kevin Feige's Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe, who has guided all of this through it. And to me, this was more uh, like an honoring this insane fucking feat of the last 10 years. Yep. And I really support that because it would be one thing to do it as like a, a singular story, but it's an entirely different thing to say, hey, it's just like a, it's, I guess my mind almost just goes to like Vietnam, which is totally probably inappropriate, but to say like, we just did this thing together. Like we just got home from this tour and we just did this thing. We wrote 10 years of movies. We wrote 22 movies. We did this. We directed these. We filmed these. We plotted them. Like, congrats. And it just seemed like a totally not self-grandizing pat on the back to all these people who did a thing that I think... I believe that, like, fiction and stories like this make people better. And walking out of this movie, it reminded me that, like, I have a job worth having because I sell people stories that make people better. Hopefully. Not always, but... Hopefully, people are reading stories about heroes who make them question what they're doing and make them want to be better people. And that's what these actors just did. Mm -hmm. And they did it in a way like this movie could have brought you out of the film often, especially with that line. Mm -hmm. You could have thought, oh, yeah, I just watched 22 movies to get to this point. But when he said that, I just remembered Iron Man saying that like it was yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I remember that thing that he said 10 years ago when I was in this situation in my life and I watched that movie. It was it was like true to the character and in the movie while also kind of giving a big hug to the, the whole smorgasbord of movies that they've given us. Hmm. That's interesting because I'd forgotten about at the end of the Iron Man movie. So I just thought, wow, that's such an egotistical Tony Stark thing to say, which is great in character. He can remember the Lady Liberators and he can't remember a line. <laughs> well, because I've read that, that <laughs> reprinted that comic like seven times. We just had it in the store last month. Um, <laughs> it's very early 70s, like, male showing us pigs. Um, Pow! I, lo- I Oh, man. There's a lot. So much I loved in this. Um, as you were Talking, you just start, something. and we'll keep up with you, I, I promise. <laughs> um, I had some quite. I, I can't remember because the other movies, because I haven't watched them all over again. What happened to Quicksilver and the Vision? Quicksilver and the Vision died in Age of Ultron. Okay. So, like, they didn't turn to dust, so they or didn't the get to come back. The Vision died in Infinity oh, he, War. Oh, yeah. Because they were rebuilding him. So why didn't he come back in this? Don't know. Paul but Bettany, you fucking But wasn't he there as an actor? Pansy? He was there as an actor with, as Jarvis. I don't think that was Paul Bettany. That was, that I was don't just know, some dude. But I, I, I yeah, think that, I that was him. some tall British dude. I could wasn't be wrong. It? As Jarvis, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I think that was. But him. yeah, that's that. That's a really good question. If Quicksilver, he died way before. He died okay. when they were levitating that city. That was Age of Ultron. Yeah, that was Age oh, of Ultron. Okay. I thought he was alive. I thought he was one of the final people we saw at Tony Stark's funeral. There but was... I don't know why Vision didn't come back. Hmm. Walter Ryan. Because well, he was a stone, and the stones were all removed and taken apart and he was a stone they were trying to separate his personality in infinity war and then he was brought into the glove and the gloves who grabbed that stone thanos no no no. in this one when when they went back in time who got the vision stone that's a good point what's your next question robin i don't remember 
Of course, they can in future movies. I mean, in future movies, they can bring back Vision. They could bring back Scarlet Witch because Hulk had that line that when he had the glove, he tried to bring her back. She was there the whole time. I thought uh, she I was, was Black Widow. About, Black oh, Widow, Black sorry. Widow. Sorry, yeah, I was going to say. I thought maybe, he was and maybe, and maybe he didn't fail. Maybe she'll show up. <sighs> I don't know, man. I think there. I think there Johansson, are rules but... outside of the Infinity Stones that keep her there. Oh, that's well, right, because of the because we didn't the soul. Yeah, we didn't even get the red, skull. Uh, the red green skin soul. lady back. Gamora. Gamora. We didn't get Gamora back. Well, we, we got past. Did. We got past Gamora, right. but Thanos still killed Gamora in the last movie. But the thing she's is, not back. Right, but okay. the thing is that what we did with that snap was we brought everybody who did die back. Right, and that's and all. Black Widow, yeah, died after that. Right, so yeah, right. she wasn't part and of that. That was part of the bargain. Gonzo. Um. What else, Roman? God, there's, yeah. there's, oh, there's so much. I'm trying to, re- trying to remember everything now that we just watched. Um, One thing that lot. also, I guess so my, my great second of, moments. Of, yeah, there. Oh were. man, and the stuff like with Thor and his mom, Ugh. and just the fact that he was so beating himself up for having failed, and well, then so that, that was, he was able to the have that moment. Point that I was just about to yeah, say, yeah. which is and with that Rocket Tail trying to get him to come out of it. I think that, I guess that part of it was just me sitting next to Justin. But, you know, you're you're looking at this movie of these gods, like Captain America is a god and Hulk is a god, Iron Man's a god, they're all archetypes, they're all these, the embodiment of the highest that you can achieve, and then... Thanks. And Django is a god. <laughs> and, uh, and you're just sitting there, and uh, Thor is just this overweight alcoholic. <laughs> kind of a dipshit by this point. But he's always, like, we've only been, I guess that it's taken 22 movies to learn that Thor is a douche. Like, he's just <laughs> yeah. a dipshit. Yeah. Um, he's a dumbo. Well, he's, he's he's weak in some ways. Yeah. yeah. And, well, he's Lebowski, like, start calls him. Oh, yeah. God, that was so funny because <laughs> they, we they showed that and Lebowski, like, Thor showed up and I was like, dude, yeah, that looks <laughs> just like the big Lebowski. And then Tony Stark called him Lebowski. It was Beautiful. <laughs> and uh, it's worth my price of admission to go see the movie again just to see that scene because I peed once and that that was when. But <laughs> but I think that the inclusion of Thor as this hopeless alcoholic character is comical and it serves the story in that regard. But I think that it is also important and humbling and it gave it gave a redemption arc. It gave it gave people who don't identify as Django. Um, it gave people who like Justin. And I, I was sitting next to Justin. And I was just like, I overly, disgustingly empathetic. I'm always sort of analyzing the journey of the people around me as well. And to uh, to sit there next to Justin and just sort of watch these, this parade of superheroes that we can identify with on the level of aspiration but not in necessarily the current process of their journey. And then to see Thor, which is one of those heroes dealing with failure, dealing with struggle, dealing with guilt, dealing with depression, like... Uh, was, dealing with being fat. Yeah, which, like, we're all dealing with that for sure. We're all... Hey, I'm, as a 29-year-old boy who drinks some beer, Django, that's his Django's tummy. Um, to have that on the screen on that level, uh, I think was an amazing bit of joke telling because it was a it was openly funny and then it was achingly true. Yeah. And having Thor talk to his mom on the day she's going to die mm-hmm. and her just kind of she knew. You can't tell me. Like don't tell me. Yeah. That's not the point. But yeah. she knew. And and 
and he knew and they had they had like a moment that they could have never had without this particular set of circumstances where he travels back in time to tell her everything he needed to tell her yeah. you know like like he had that unfinished part of his life and that that was really I don't want to say it was like cute or adorable, but no. it, it felt really good to see him poignant as powerful. like like sad schlubby Thor deal with that. Yeah, well, the fact yeah. That, and we got to see each of each of the big three. And that's my that was my you yeah. know Roman we're Cap, always Cap. there. I'm just <laughs> hug you. We're always in the same spot. You know, Cap going going back and getting to well, closure. His, yeah, getting closure. Oh. I mean, Tony getting to have that talk cry with, again. with his dad it's, it's with his dad. And it, and each of them gets to do have their moment like Thor, except each so in keeping with their characters and each in ways that doesn't feel heavy handed or pandering. They all feel very genuine and authentic. I mean, even Hawkeye getting, I mean, seeing him as Ronan dealing with his grief and everything by just channeling it through violence right. and shutting down his other emotions. And, but then also being able to have that wrestling match with Black Widow at the end mm-hmm. yeah, where they're like fighting over who gets to be sacrificed, sacrificed like that. Yeah. And he, and he, that was he amazing. Begging her saying, please yep. don't make me. <laughs> do and that. I think that's, a, that scene was really well played out because I think that to make the person who loses a fight the hero mm-hmm. is a difficult thing. Like you can't make that outcome feel true without a lot of context. Right. And and yeah. ten years of context made that true. And just like it took me about ten minutes after the big exciting thing that happened in the beginning where Thor just straight up decapitates Thanos. Yeah. And I was like, they're doing that thing that Star Wars did where you've got a year or two to think about what you think is going to happen. And they obviously didn't didn't start writing anything until they heard everybody's theories. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, you think Thanos is the bad guy? Fuck you. We're going to cut his head off 10 minutes in. And you think that this is going to happen? Fuck you. We're going to like, this person doesn't have this role. This person doesn't have this role. That didn't happen. This isn't going to happen. And it just kind of, and, and, and like with the marketing, all of the marketing was just with people that we've seen. We had no idea going into that movie who was going to come back right. or if they would come back. And man, the scene where folks come back oh. was deeply powerful. And I hope, again, if you're listening to this, please have seen this movie. Like, oh, don't yeah. listen. Don't to be this a shit dummy. With that yeah. one. Um, but yeah, that scene where folks come back was deeply, deeply powerful. But I. What I would say is that going into this movie, I had no idea what was happening uh, or going to happen. But in a not insulting way, about two minutes before everything happened, everything was clear to me. Like, yeah. I turned to Django and said shit. I turned to Justin and said shit. Like, everything made so much sense in a way, like, in the way that, like, a perfect Christmas feels. You don't walk into a Christmas morning thinking you know what all of your gifts are, but you leave a Christmas morning thinking that every one of those gifts was a perfect gift. And those closure moments, those three primary, like, between Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, the the, the closure that happened there, that's when I turned to Jenny, I was like, he's going to die and he's going to die. Because we got this thing, like, we completed the hero's journey. We did yeah. this thing that we needed to do, and it was... Such a blessing to be a part of. But it took two and a half hours into movie 22 or 21 or whatever number this is 
to 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 realize that all these pieces had all these pieces had fallen into place. Yeah. It's checkmate, and we didn't realize. Yeah, you're just the 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 loser playing the chess master. So I think I'm going to tap out. I'm not going to watch any more Marvel movies because uh, well, this is about it, as good as it can get. It felt like so much closure. It felt yeah. like Kevin Feige saying like, "All right, well that was what I did." If anyone want else like to do, is he done? I don't know. I doubt it. Okay, but. But to me, it felt like his story. To me, it felt like 10 years of your life. It felt... It's like the end of episode four, five, six. Jedi, Return of the... Right, right, because we had a conversation about that. Um, Yeah, to me, I felt like in this movie that I could feel Kevin Feige producing Iron Man 1 and having an idea of where this was all going to end without knowing what was going to happen in the cream of the sandwich. But he knew that this is where we're starting and where we end is going to be over here. And if, we, if it's five movies or if it's 22 movies, this is where – this is how we're going to get there. Yeah. I think this whole movie really encapsulated 10 years of life. But I think the final 20 minutes of this movie, like, made me feel and sort of redefine and think about my own life in a really powerful way that uh, – like, good art does that. Some art entertains you. And some art is there to help you understand your own life and help you grow. Like when you're falling down a hole and you're just sort of grabbing at every handhold that there can be. And I've felt that before. And uh, art for me is always the thing that has pulled me out of those dark, dark circumstances. And to have, I love my job because I feel like comic books are like all-star Superman. When I said it in Infinity Content, like I think that, superheroes are the way that we have tried to tell stories to inspire people to get over their hardship and get through their hardship and to have a movie really make me like concrete reference to the fact that like we're doing a thing that's good for the world because stories are important and we need growth and we need inspiration i think this movie captured that and that is truly the highest praise i can give a a piece of art there was a point where you said Marvel's doing Superman better than DC can. Yeah. About Captain America just yeah. like mm-hmm. getting back up and going back at it and being being what you want Superman to be. Yeah. Instead of what Superman has become in the, in the movie universes. Yeah, I do. I remember saying that because I was thinking it, it yeah. for a while. Yeah. Man, you, you were you were spot on with that, and it's just like like the unsinkable nature of Captain America and Superman. Yeah. And. You, you you have a hard time watching this movie without being really bummed out for the first third. And then like, oh, they got a plan. And then like, oh, hell yeah, it's working. Right. You know, and, and watching the watching those battles, at some point you know the good guys are going to win. But in the beginning, you don't really know that the good guys are going to win. Or what the costs are. Yeah. Yeah. Roman? Hmm, it's interesting. Take a bed in here. I, I mean, there was affecting he never moments doubted. for me, but yeah, I never did. <laughs> I knew going into it, all the characters are going to come back. They're in. The, they didn't do what I thought they were going to do with Soul World and Adam Warlock, but with what in Adam Warlock? They're not Soul World. The, um, the, the Soul, Soul Gem. Gem. Oh, sorry. In the yeah. comics, everybody was in the Soul Gem, and Adam Warlock <clears> brought them out. They did this this one a more affecting way, but even so, like Tony Stark's death. It was nicely done. It didn't affect me emotionally at all because I was just thinking, yeah, but if they want, he can come back through extremists or something because he's downloaded his consciousness just like he just did in the comics. 
Um, but Cap affected sure. me, and Thor affected me. Dude, the Thor, <laughs> sorry, the Captain America because, because, thing when he painted the, oh ham, the, the hammer and he went well, back that, in but, time. Well, that, but even before that, when when the part Django said was the beginning, when, it, when it's down, you don't know what they're going to do. Um, when you see him with the support group and everything, and then he admits later on to, to uh, Natasha over the sandwich that, you know, and I got to be the guy that... You know, support gets pep talks. He doesn't say it this way. Pep talks everybody and gets him up, but he starts to say something like, "But you know, that's that's so." And I forget his dialogue, but he basically is saying that, you know, but who does that for me? How do I keep on doing it? How do I be that guy? Mm-hmm. And it's great to see Captain America admit that in a line in a scene because you don't get to see Superman admit that in the DC movies. No, um, no, you just get to see him punch. And people. I just love the way they show that. The big three of Marvel, the way they're struggle, their journeys, how they're struggling with this. But but they're just the big three now. Yeah. Iron Man was not a heavy hitter before that movie came out. Iron Man was like well, B-ish he, list. It, yeah, high in the, in B the comics, a. I mean, him and Captain Iron Man have always been the big three of the Avengers. Yeah, they were, and like of the Avengers, the Avengers were almost B-list by the time oh, the, the Iron oh, Man movie it, came it's, out. It's a fluid <laughs> conversation. I, I absolutely <laughs> agree. Like New Avengers, sure. FF, Avengers, those are the two biggest yeah, teams in Marvel. Yeah, New Avengers. With Bendis before this movie came out, kind of I think established Iron Man in a different spot. I, but I but I agree Iron Man was anyway. All but I would say that the Marvel movies elevated Iron Man. I think that his characterization was kind of all over the board. Yeah, and I think that once these movies happened, every single comic has written Iron Man as Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, oh, um, yeah definitely. And it, it made him a character of relevance. Yeah, to yeah, I guess yeah, to the general public. Yeah, that they care. about I mean, him. Marvel history. He's always been right for sure. But I yeah, think yeah. once the general public was like, "We like him," the comic books then followed yeah. suit and said, "Right, he's a very important guy." I think everybody people would have meant if if you said name five Marvel characters before the Iron Man movie came out. You would have ended up with a Mostly bunch of X Men, yeah, yeah, like Spider Man, yeah, yeah, Spider Man and four X Men, including Wolverine. But <laughs> we did not get Fantastic Four. We did not get Galactus. We did not get nope. Namor. We did not get, oh, yeah. um, you know, a lot of things that I would have thought we would have gotten. Can I add a word to that? Yeah. Yet. No, for sure. <laughs> and I, I obviously the next phase is like Wasp, Ms. Marvel, uh, Spider Man. I think Fantastic Four. I think we've got a very clear yeah, Guardians Four, Spider Ham, maybe, Spider-Ham. maybe I. And actually, it's funny when she first showed up, Pepper Potts in whatever they call her armored form. Dude, Pepper I thought Potts it was, was. I thought it was Ironheart, a goddess. When she showed up in that form, you're an angel. I just thought she was an angel. I, I, I. Oh, yeah. See, she, I'd forgotten that she had ever used armor. I thought it was the introduction in of Iron Ironheart. Man Three, but, but. I think that they did an amazing thing with her. I thought that she, like, was... She elevated the performance to, like, when she showed up, that became this, like, angelic... All, like, that was almost the closest thing to a deus ex machina. Captain Marvel we knew was going to happen, but Pepper Potts was amazing. Okay, so from, like, a production standpoint, they had 21 movies worth of stars in there. Right? Like, they brought back... Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. They brought back everybody, every single important person, whether they were a small actor or have become a big actor. Like everybody was in this movie, and I like 
in the end scene when they're having Tony's funeral and they pan through everybody, I was like, okay, they're not all actually standing there. They've they've digitally put everybody in here. But they hired all of those people to be in this fucking movie. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like probably 30 actors that you could remember their names, right? That's amazing to have that many people. Batista. They had a wrestler. So that funeral scene – so who were – there's three people I didn't know who they were. Um, okay. Was one of them the Asian dude, two from the end? I don't there was, There were three Asian, people right but... behind – I think it was like Bucky and Sam and behind them there was like a woman kind of standing by herself and two people over here and the guy in the middle kind of moved toward her as the camera panned over to – Captain Marvel I remember on the porch. one standing. I don't know who those three people are. So there was one guy standing alone, and behind him were was the girl from How I Met Your Mother, who plays Colby Smolders, who plays a high up Shield agent from the first Avengers movie. Okay. Um, so there was a guy standing alone. There was this girl from television who was in Avengers One, who plays a Shield agent, standing with somebody. And then we went up to the deck where there was familiar people. But there was three yeah. people standing alone there. I thought the boy was Quicksilver. That's what I thought And I first. thought they were trying to do ambiguous boy actor because they haven't cast the next Quicksilver because he's an important character or something. But then Justin and Jango yeah, reminded the ki- me that the camera he died went in to his face. Ultron too. Yeah, well, it, more could, than the it couldn't two. have been him okay. because Cause, he cause, died yeah, too early. Of went on him a little bit I can't wait to see this movie other. again. I like I said halfway to, it through it to Jango, like, I'll go see this with you and Dino this weekend. Like, it... I can't fucking wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to see this again. And I think that it deserves... In the same way that Infinity War deserved a second watch, this one mm-hmm. deserves that more than anything. But it just made me want to watch all of it. Like, I I love when a piece of art can encapsulate in an era and make you... Like, can act, act as a period and, and just make you want to watch all of it again. This whole it's thing... Two days. This whole thing feels like a... a a singular journey to watch all of those movies would be two days. You're and, with me. Yeah, and, and it's just phase whatever because well, well, next yeah. phase one, two, three. Yeah. And what's it mean for sure? Um, it means I got a big old happy on for this but, movie. But who is running it and who's writing it and who's show running it and who knows. But um, from where we started 10 years ago, I think every single one of us as viewers was a different person. Here's it's been 10 years and now we're different people and we have that. We have that period of our lives together. Here's how serious good. this movie was. As far as I could tell, the Russo brothers didn't sneak in any Arrested Development jokes. <laughs> they did in Civil War. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Did they have something to do. With I don't the think rest that's the, the profunded. Yeah. Okay, I don't. I don't think no, no, that's. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's the defining. That's I think the big takeaway. Actually, if Django that had, is the big takeaway. If, if, if Django had not said what he said and left it what I said, which was profound, we would have been a very good. Spot. We'll just start your fucking little music before I even start talking, <laughs> well, yeah, Jeffrey. Well, well, you're right because I, I just saw Hellboy, and that's just strict fun entertainment. This right. was all the multi-level meta stuff you're talking when about. When you can, when you can do a thing, when you can create a piece of art that that makes an entire period of your life feel like a a journey that you can revisit. I won't be able to watch Iron Man 1 without thinking about my the girlfriend that I was dating for 5 years before I watched that movie, you know, like hmm. and in the journey that everyone went on when they went and saw the movie in 2008 to 2019, that's a journey. That's your life. Oh, yeah. Even your Iron Man fucking, 2 was part of that when journey. When was the last time you saw a movie that lasted 10 years? And like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, if you want to be really a, a fuck nah. about it. But like, you know, like 
an ongoing story. Like you're a part of this ongoing story. And Twilight Man. <laughs> That's just because you grew up in Forks. Can you uh, start the movie before you did that? That's oh embarrassing. Man. Can we just cut this whole dis- the dissolving of this? No, no, thing? no. You're you're right. You're right. I mean, when when did Iron Man one or two thousand eight? Man, oh, wow. I was a high school student. Jesus, two thousand eight. And now I, I had cancer. Work at a comic shop. Drop it yeah, like it's hot. I was in chemotherapy in two thousand eight. Yeah. What was the what was the the, the, the musical points? But anyway, I I really liked it. I don't know if I can give it a number. Give uh, it a number. No. Sure, you can give it a number. I think that walking out of it, having had some very big, big boy juice with my best friends, and, like, man, I was so fucking excited to see this movie. I told Sam, like, yesterday, I was like, I'm going to see Avengers Endgame with Roman and Django and Justin in the third <laughs> row bullshit seats. And I was like, I can't fucking wait. Um, I was in, excited with Infinity War. That made me feel amazing. This made me feel really good. It... It touched myself in a way that most art can't do. It made me feel good about the life that I've chosen to live. That's a pretty big thing. It made me appreciate the art that I engage in. It made me appreciate the people that I love even more. Uh, So, yeah, I'd give it a a 10 right now at 1 o'clock in the morning right after watching it. And I'm sure that I could watch it and think of some complaints. And I'm sure that working at a comic shop, I'll hear people complain about it, and I will lower that score a little bit. But right now... I'll lower their score. Right yeah, now, when score. I walk out of that movie, um, that, to me, it's hard to view it as a singular movie. And it's way easier to, to look at it as a whole era of my life. And it made me feel good about my life. So I, I, w- I would give it a 10, because not a lot of art can do that. What do you do give it, Roman? I'll give it a 12. <laughs> Whoa! Even you're a with, cheater. Even without the reference to the Super Scarlet Sisters of Tomorrow or whatever, <laughs> or the the spiders. Spiders have six legs. <laughs> oh my God! When when Peter's like tumbling around, he's they're playing keep away with the the that Infinity was a Gauntlet. Amazing and, scene. And, yeah, and the Iron Spider, his arms come out. Oh man, he's right. rolling. Shit. Why did they need an Iron Man glove proxy for the Infinity Gauntlet? Unless they knew that they were going to have to steal the stones from the real Infinity Gauntlet and put it in Iron Man's glove. He stole the stones, like, last minute. But but they had the Infinity Gauntlet. They cut Thanos' hand off. They had it. Right, but then Thanos got it back. Yeah, but they built the, the Iron Man glove before that. They built an Iron Man glove in the middle of the movie right. to put the stones in, but they already had the Infinity Glove with them. Why would they bother with the because Iron Man glove? They got they built the Iron Man glove because they went to capture the stones individually yeah. and then use the Iron Man glove. But why not use the Infinity Gauntlet? Because Thanos had the gauntlet. Not at that point. He had had his hand cut off. No, he no, had his hand cut point, off after. In the battle, he he put it back on. Yeah, but before no, the no, battle, no, no. they built the Iron Man glove. Right, like, right, right. They because had the an Infinity Gauntlet. The plan was to go back in time and individually steal stones. Right. Not steal the gauntlet. Okay. So they but stole their six their set their six stones and then put, hey listen you, you, you left during the time guy. travel rules. You can lift that. No, 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 no. You can fucking do this if you want. I, but like, there's no fun in pointing out is like what? Why did they do this when they could have done this? I like think, you're an asshole. No, no, no. I think that there's a reason. You missed the time travel rules. I did. They cut off his hand so they keep his hand. Anything they do in the past doesn't change their present. Mm -hmm. It just creates diverging timelines. Mm -hmm. So anything that they go back and do won't change the fact that they cut off Thanos' hand. They cut off his hand. And then they cut off his head and then they keep his hand in his glove. 
And anything that they do in the past, they still keep his glove. So why did they build an Iron Man I don't think hand? I don't think that that's how it went. And I could be misremembering it, but I don't think that's how it went because they did not have the glove. They did cut off his hand when they tried to kill him. Uh-huh. Did they leave his glove there? I don't know. I don't think they took anything from that. Well, they but what their plan was after that was to go back in time and individually steal stones. Yeah. And, and that, that part when makes they sense. had those stones, they were going to need to put them in something. I and guess I thought they had the gloves. have that something at that point. Yeah, what were they playing keep away then after Thanos destroyed right. the past, past Thanos before he got his hand cut off came into the future. Did they come his hand again? I give it a nine and a half. And I kind of assumed with that, because right, I think before that, Tony and, and Doctor Strange have that little knowing glance where Strange raises his finger. He and says I, one. This is that one. This is one. the one yeah, right, reality. Right. And I thought maybe off panel they um, that Strange had done a little whammy on Iron Man's glove to to help him absorb to steal the stones from Thanos. I think I think Iron Man just did that because he's a badass. And maybe yeah. that's true. I mean like it, it's, it's yeah, worth Stephen Strange is more of a badass. It's worth <laughs> another look for sure. Um, it, it, they could have totally just left it there hopelessly. But to me, I just my brain never thinks that way. I don't ever think that way. I guess I guess I'm not looking for a plot hole. I'm looking for the reason that they did that because, like this movie had a few things that I thought were plot holes, and then they very deftly covered them with just a quick shot or a quick discussion about. Oh yeah, this is why we're doing this, and. That one, maybe I had too much big boy juice, but I didn't understand why they had to build a, because a separate in, glove. Because in the final scene, they had this arm going rogue. But in that final scene when they were fighting him, he had half an arm. Thanos did? Yeah. No. Because he was Thanos was from way before he got his hand cut maybe off. Maybe that was the beginning. Yeah. He was, he no, was Thanos he from before Infinity War. That's the Thanos that showed up to fight it. Right, the end. no, I think I thought that they had cut it off again, but maybe I'm actually visually making scenes from that yeah, original, original first scene. I didn't think they'd cut it off again. So do you think right. that that first glove was from the original first scene? The first glove? You think that the glove that Spider-Man was carrying around was the glove from the original first scene when they cut his hand off? Two hours, two and a half hours earlier? Oh, jeez. I think he, I I think think he so. tore it off of Thanos in that battle. I think Thanos lost his glove in that battle. I think so, too. Yeah. And that's but, that glove. But what happened to the glove that got cut off of him in the beginning? I don't think that. I think Old they, man Thanos lost I think lost that it didn't matter because the stones were gone. It didn't matter about the glove. So they just left it there? I think so because okay. the gloves, the stones I, were I, gone. I, that's fine. I, I would believe that. It just seemed, it just jumped out as, at me as like, oh, well, there's there's Chekhov's Infinity Glove Iron Man gauntlet. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I didn't personally. For me, the stones are what's important. The glove is just a thing that houses them. Yeah, for sure. But he had. So why does Banner Hulk have to like go away? Fix it. He's got to go now. fix it. <laughs> does he have to go away? Everybody else did, and didn't. Didn't. What's his name? That actor have his signature up there at the end. Well, I don't know if the signature is really. I think they all signed well, it. But the signatures are all the one actors that aren't returning. No, it was. I everybody. thought it was everybody. I think it was everybody. Really? I thought it was just the ones Chris Evans and, and Tony Stark. I saw a lot of signatures. Oh. All right. Because he's the only one that doesn't die or become old. I love the way they made Cap old without uh-huh. – because in the comics, the Red Skull <sighs> used it to suck the, the 
Super Soldier Serum out of him, which ages him. But this was much cooler way to cap cap where he decides having a yeah, life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. after he saves the world over and over was. Yeah, that was great. Makes me question all cool. my decisions because yeah. I don't think there's time travel in real life, but I'd <laughs> except take it. forward at a regular pace. Yeah, I'd take it. But you can never go home again either. So, he c- fucking Cap did. Well, everyone should read IDW's <laughs> Ghost Tree Number One that came out this week. Mm. Good you know, luck. Your own emotional ghost. Oh wait, no, it's a thirty-five dollar comic now. It's all Jeez, really? um, that made me so sad. Would you like that ghost? Oh yeah, I loved it. Let's talk ghost about it on tree? Sunday yeah, when geez. we do our normal podcast. Um. I don't think I have a lot of juice left in me. It's uh, we're definitely it's almost two o'clock in the morning now. Are you going to edit this and email it to Rich Johnson before uh, before you go to bed? I will probably uh, put it. I will probably wake up very early in the morning and take out the stuff that we can't put on here and put some music onto it and put it onto our podcast feed and then tell you to do social work with it, which is what you are much better at than me. I'm Django. That's. That's just for you to put over, I'm fart. I am fart. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm Jeff. I uh, I really like art. I really like comics. I really like movies. And I like when all of those things can sort of come together to make me feel a lot. And I think that Avengers uh, Endgame did that. I give it a 10. I like it. I really We'll look back on getting to see that with three of my best buddies who I work with every day and uh, think that that uh, typified a a period of my life that even when I'm much older, I will be able to look back on and and be very grateful for. Roman? I'm Django Blue. (laughs) You're Django Red. Is Django red? Django didn't say Django red. Am That's I just the guy who Superman said, joke? I got it. It's just like, it was like a '90s Superman joke. <laughs> it's a like, '60s oh. Superman joke. We'll see you guys next week for episode 128. I hope that y'all appreciated two podcasts this week because we sure liked giving them to you. I'm Django. I'm not the fart. I'm Django. All right. <laughs> just who are you? <sighs> I'm Roman. Slarty Bartfast. He, does, he still doesn't get it. You say Constantine or Constantine? I used to say Constantine, but now apparently it's Constantine. I know we're supposed to wait, but I'm going to say this on the regular podcast, too. Yeah. Spider-Man on a fucking Pegasus. Did that happen? Yeah. Valkyrie picked him up, right. and he had he nine legs. exactly and, on it. Oh. He was on it. He was riding behind okay, her. Okay, right. He was being dragged behind her, but- Oh, it was so awesome. At that point, he's got two legs, two arms- And four arms. Four spider legs, and then four horse legs. And a giant dick. That's eight append. That's thirteen appendages. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good for a boy that age. He's basically like if if a thirteen year old if 
Look, if a nine-year-old boy, boy one day, if a nine-year-old boy I hope found him, my nine-year-old boy has thirteen dicks. If a nine-year-old boy found him and pulled one of his legs off, that would make him two spiders. <laughs> Wait, that would be one that and would a make half. Him spi- a, that would make him twelve moly. spiders. That would twelve legs. That's one and a half spiders. Thirteen legs. Thirteen, 13 legs minus one. If is he 12. found one spider and pulled. Five of its legs off, and then it, found two more spiders. He'd have three spiders. He'd have he'd have what Peter Parker was. Okay, plus I, wings. I don't think that you get spider legs. Spiders have eight of them. There's eight legs on that beast. Thirteen, eight, six. <laughs> if that boy pulled one leg off one spider, and then two legs off he'd another one, he'd still be half a spider up. But no wings and no horse dick. <laughs> 